It might have taken me 407 episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast to get Mr. Zach Many on the show, but we've done it. And you're going to hear, I think, the best interview I've ever done on Canada's Pinball Podcast. But before we air the interview, uh, let's go over what's happening in the pinball world right away. You know, Zach taught me this. You can get a lot of pinball in in a very little amount of time if you just get right to it. So thank you for doing that, Brother Zach. All right, so first and foremost, the talk of the week, which I missed it by a few hours. I knew this was going to happen. Star Wars has been vault editioned. Now, is this is this or is this not a vault edition? They are redoing uh, the artwork on Star Wars Premium and Pro, and it's uh, more of an animated style of Star Wars artwork. Now, it makes total sense why Stern Pinball is doing this right now for a few reasons. First, they spent a gazillion dollars on the Star Wars property. All right, so the, obviously they want to keep making Star Wars games as long as they can. Second, it's the opening week of Comic-Con in New York City. So you are, I don't, I'm not sure if they're there. They should be there. There's 200,000 geeks that are going to be inside the Javits Center. Uh, so it makes total sense to sort of uh, release this thing well, when Comic-Con is popping up. And I think the other thing is it just looks damn good. It looks, this art package is how it always should have been. I mean, I think it looks much better. I think it looks much more fun. The Boba Fett edition is also awesome to have because the the Mandalorian show is about to come out in November on the Disney Channel. And we have a new Star Wars movie coming out in December as well. So when it comes to 2019 Q4 being a Star Wars moment, it definitely is going to be a huge, huge, huge Star Wars moment. And so for Stern Pinball to have, I think, the sexiest versions of the game uh, put out there for our consumption is a really, really cool move. And it looks great. I don't I don't think I've, I've heard anyone say the original art package looks better. This is how it should have been all along. Okay, now where's the topper? Anyone? Anyone? Where the hell is the R2-D2 topper on this game? How can it take over two years to get approval on a damn topper? Now, someone asked me a question. They said, Chris, do you think this is going to lower the value of the Star Wars games that have come out previously? And the answer is 100% yes. It absolutely will lower the value of those games. This just looks so much better. And especially the play field, right? The cabinets are really cool. Don't get me wrong. I love the Boba Fett. Uh, and they look, the cabinets on the other ones were okay. They just seemed really flat. These have much more color and pop. Uh, but it's the play field art that looks so much better now. It just looks less pathetic and photoshopped and looks illustrated, which makes it look 10 times better. But here's here's the other thing too. And I wrote this on my Facebook page. As cool as I think this is, I still think Star Wars is the biggest missed opportunity for the biggest theme on the planet. It doesn't make the game any better, right? It looks better now. It's not going to shoot any better. And because of how the game shoots and how the game is coded, I still think Star Wars is a total total miss in my book and I don't understand if you were how can you kind of be on the fence and now you're going to go in because of the art I think the art 
was the last reason why people didn't go on go in on Star Wars. I think the coding and the multipliers was stupid approach to the game. They messed up our entire love of that trilogy. They threw it all into a multiplier blender. And then the the the, the coolest mech in the game, the Hyperloop. It's so damn hard to see that thing operate. It doesn't happen unless you hit this really really tight shot up through the Death Star. Horrible design. A Star Wars game should be as approachable as an Elvira game, right? And they made it so damn hard to see the toys happen in that game the way you want them to happen. So cool, new-looking Star Wars. It's not anywhere near as cool as what's coming. And, you know, I teased you on the last episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast because I'm going to have to figure out how to how to dribble out this information. Uh, I can see the people in the Stern Marketing Office right now being like, what does he know? What's he going to do? How is he going to spoil us? What about the exclusive we have set up with like IGN? How are we going to do this, Chris? Zach, somebody call him up. Get Canada on our good side. So here's the thing. The Cornerstone game coming out is not Star Wars with this new R package. That is not what's happening. The Cornerstone game coming out next year. I'll give you little bits of information at a time. It is going to be from designer Brian Eddy. All right, we've all been wondering where is Brian Eddy's game? Well, it's next, and it is a juggernaut, and it is a theme that I, I'm I I can't not buy it. It's just that simple. I will give you more clues. Maybe I'll just drop what it is on the eve of Expo, so that when Stern is there with Elvira and Star Wars, this game will be the one you're all gonna keep your money in your pockets for. See, this is why they don't want you to know because if you know what's next. You are not going to run to what's now. And they want you to buy, buy, buy what's now. But I'm just telling you right now. All right? This isn't like a play field clear code issue, like hold on to your money. This is just hold on to your money because a theme is coming that you're going to want to see before you buy a game. And I, I saw it today. There are Elvira LEs for sale. I love it how these games sell out, sell out. And they do. They sell through to distributors. But distributors still have them in boxes, and if you want an Elvira LE, you can find one. They're, they're, they're available. They're out there, all right? So Elvira reviews are coming in. The game is at .86 code, much further along than, than uh, Batman was when it came out. Uh, and you know what? I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm trying to get a sense for what this game is, and I guess it's always going to have to be the same thing. And for you too, we're all going to have to just play this game ourselves and, and see if we like it. And I've said it before, like, I don't think if you if you don't love these campy B movie things, I don't think you're going to walk away from Elvira with a grin from ear to ear. I just don't think that's going to happen. Now, if you do like that stuff, I think you're going to love it. And if that's the thing. Even if you love Lyman, I just think this is one of the most obscure themes ever uh, for a lot of you guys out there who like more mainstream stuff. Okay. All right. What else is going on? So weird thing in the Jurassic Park world. Now, that game is shaping up very, very nicely. Those Jurassic Park LEs that are being unboxed are some sexy damn games. I won't lie. I won't lie. Unique layout, fun toys, cool art. Not the best art ever, but it, it does the job. It's a throwback to the, to the, uh, you know, the Data East game. Uh, here's a weird thing that's, that I saw. On some people's games, the insert, that says rescue, it's like a little square or diamond insert. It's supposed to be red. Now, on some people's games, that insert, there's like four or five of them, they're they're all supposed to be red inserts. On some people's games, the insert is white, and it's the wrong insert color. That's a really, really weird thing. 
It's almost like, you know, like and again, I know Pinside blows this stuff out of proportion. There might be like five guys out of 5,000 that have that issue. But how do you put the wrong insert color into a play field? Like, how does that even happen? Like, isn't there just a box on the table with only red inserts for that area of the game? And did they run out of red inserts and just put a white one in? Like, how does a mistake like that occur? Now, if you got a game, in which one of your inserts is the wrong color, what do you do? Are you going to demand a fully populated play field? Or, ironically, like in, in every other collectible industry I'm in, if you get a mistake, right, they call it like a variant, those are always worth more because you have the rarer version of Jurassic Park. You have the Jurassic Park with the white insert, not the red. So clearly, in a world in which rarity equals value, your game should be the most valuable Jurassic Park on the planet. Will that happen? I don't know. I think a lot of people out there are OCD anal and are going to want it to be the right way. So we'll see what happens. Just a little little, little weird thing it's like stern kit just never there's always a little thing that always disrupts every single launch of a pinball machine all right what else is going on there the elvira thread if you've been reading it i don't understand what's going on here right guys we're on a pinball forum talking about pinball machines that get us excited and it is spiraled into a debate about sexism versus feminism and and elvira some people think is a, a leader in the feminist movement. Uh, and some people think Elvira is simply a sex symbol and it's sexism that she sells. I'm here to tell you on Canada's Pinball Podcast, I think the stupidest thing you can do on planet Earth is a bunch of grown, mostly white men with beer bellies who love pinball are going to open a debate about women's rights. Why are you doing it? on pin side why does that have a place on that you know on that site and elvira to me i don't know i see this is the thing like you just can't say how you feel you gotta just be you gotta you gotta tow the political correct line of the world and you can't she's just like she's just fun campy sexy woman who uses her sex appeal to tell jokes and it never goes past like a pg place like it's just that's all she's ever been i, I don't know why this i don't i never saw her as a feminist leader i never saw her as like a sex star i i just saw her as a campy gothy woman who was like making fun of that whole you know macabre what is it macabre like i don't even know i don't even know i'm gonna move on but i'm just saying guys don't don't air out your political garbage on pin side it's 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 pretty pretty sad pretty sad i think in macabre macabre i don't know everyone's just gonna correct me anyway so anyway all right what else is going on in pinball all right, Dutch Pinball, they're going to make 500 a week. Did you hear now? Uh, well, let's see what happens in the Dutch Pinball world. Uh, let's see, Jersey Jack Pinball. Like, guys, I did like a show yesterday, right? So it's like how much new news can actually occur in 24 hours for a Canadian to pick up the mic? So nothing new over there. Uh, there's all I've got left for you guys now. And look, we're at 11 minutes is the greatest pinball podcast interview I've ever done. And I want to give Zach credit for coming on the show because I think him and I would have a really good debate. As much as sometimes he says, I, I, I crap on everything. That's not true. I do like a lot of pinball machines. I do. Uh, I don't think we've received the, the dream themes we really want if we're completely honest with ourselves. And he does his show. And I think he does a great show, albeit you could either listen to one of them or watch an entire Lord of the Rings movie. 
But you know what? Life is short. You got to spend, you know, your life spending your hours how you see is the most productive. Uh, it's a rich use of time spending hours after hours listening to pinball podcasts. So I'm glad he ha- he decided to come on. I think you're really going to love it. And guys, if you want to, uh, you know, give me some show topics, not that I ever need them, but I'll, I will take them into consideration. Uh, just hit me up at CanadaPinball at gmail.com. We'll be back. We'll be back with more shows, and and we're gonna we're gonna find a creative way to tell you what Stern's next big juggernaut is that is just gonna drive you guys bonkers. I can't wait. It's it's it literally is gonna be the best six months in pinball if all the stuff that's about to happen is about to happen. Are you ready, guys? I'm excited. Are you excited, ladies and gentlemen? Let's get Zach on the air. Well, we know you've been waiting for this moment, and Zach Many of flipping out pinball of this week in pinball podcast fame has decided to actually come on the show this week. I know I was a little bit worried because I saw he did another podcast that gets about 20% of the listeners we get even after he said he'd come on this show. So Zach, welcome to the show. I hope you're not scared coming on Canada's pinball podcast. A little scared now. Don't be scared, Zach. We've been friends for a long time, and I've been listening to your shows that go over two hours with Dennis, and I have to say, I think you're going to break out of the top three pinball podcasts at the Twippy this year's because we all know that it is possible to win a Twippy for Best Pinball Podcast if your shows go over two hours. Don't you agree with that? Oh, come on with that bullshit. No, Zach, I totally mean it. I totally mean it. Okay, so before we start talking about what's new in pinball this week, is there anything you want to ask me before we get going? Uh, anything new this week for you, bud? Uh, not really. I just spent the week polishing my two best pinball podcast twippies. You heard it here first. Oh, training up this week, huh? I think so. I mean, now that I've got you on the show, we're definitely going to trend up this week. So do you want to talk about Elvira, Zach? We just saw the stream uh, by Jack Danger. So what do you think? Should we talk about what, what our thoughts were on Elvira 3? Yeah, what are your thoughts after watching the stream? I think Stern's putting a lot of things we haven't seen them do in a long time, Zach, into this game. Like, for example, there's a subway in this game. Do you think a subway is a fun element to put into a Stern pinball machine right now? Yes, they can be. Subways can be. I agree. I agree. Some subways can be. Let me ask you about something else in the game, Zach. Do you think the 3D molded multi-change house in the back is one of the most visually stunning things you've seen from Stern Pinball in quite some time? The 3D molded multi-change house in the back is one of the most visually stunning things that I've seen from Stern Pinball in quite some time. Zach, are you a hype man? I'm a hype man. I know, I know, you know, people call you a shill because you're a distributor and you're always going to hype every game because you want people to buy it. You know, Zach, what would you, who do you think actually listens to This Week in Pinball for almost two hours? What would you say the, um, you know, the trait is of someone who can stand listening to that show for that long? Um, some of these people may suffer from depression. I'm so, so, yeah. No, I don't think that's the case. Hey, by the way, did you hear that nobody bought Oktoberfest? That's really sad. I know, and you love the game so much. And Zach, you know, look, I know that we go back and forth at each other. We're always jabbing. But every week, you pick up the mic and you keep doing the show. Now, I heard that one of your best buddies, Greg Bone, he told you a little advice that makes you wake up every weekend to do a new episode of This Week in Pinball podcast. Can you tell us and tell the listeners of Canada's Pinball podcast what Greg Bone tells you 
to motivate you to do the show every week because we know we know it must be hard having no podcast twippies. What is what does he tell you? There's ice cream when you're when you're awake. He's such a good guy, Greg. He's always looking out for you, Zach. So, Zach, let me ask you a question because I know you've been down and out a lot and you keep telling me I'm wrong in all these games, but I just want to know really what gets you turned on in pinball? Like, what gives you a many hard on when you look down at a pinball machine? When I see diverters up in the back house, when I see Vux. Okay, well, diverters and Vux is all it takes, apparently. So, Zach, I was bashing Elvira 3 for being $15,000, and you kept saying I was wrong on that. Now, I want to ask you if you could consolidate and crystallize after watching the Elvira 3 stream. Why you think a $3,000 to make pinball machine is worth $15,000 in the signature edition? Now, I'm going to give you one sentence to explain why you think that game should be valued at that much money. The ball stayed on the play field. That's, that's a fact, right? I guess so. Um, Zach, do you think Dennis Creasel could join the show for a few seconds and take about maybe five or six seconds and not actually say anything at all? Dennis, take it away. Hmm. I think what I... All right, one final question, Zach, because I know you're the busiest man in pinball. I just want to ask you one question. When you were up there on stage and you were watching me accept the Twippy Award for Best Pinball Podcast two years in a row, what was going through your head, my man? That looked like a lot of fun. Oh, so funny. Ever since I was here... Welcome to This Week in Pinball, your source for everything pinball. 